This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Hello, happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Taco Tuesday to those who celebrate. It's episode 670. Shane Dennis Show, Kyle Collier alongside... Answering your calls, telling jokes, contributing to the show, reading your texts. Here's how you can be involved with this show for the next couple of hours. Uh, Every weekday at this time, from noon to two, we will inform, entertain, and hopefully a lot of both. Call us. The hotline is how you can win stuff and how you can talk to me. Hotline 316-669-4996. Text us, whatever you feel like it, about whatever you want to talk about. I'll see it. Pat from the Pulse, 2 to 4, he'll see it. 316-247-0923 if you're on topic. And I'm not too distracted. I'll try to address and contribute or throw your text contributions into the mix. 316-247-0923. Love to hear from you. Uh, here's how you can listen to the show around the house. If you got a smart speaker, tell it to play KKGQ 92.3. Stream us at ESPNWichita.com. You can listen to via the internet at ESPNWichita.com. The Border Patrol from 8 to 10. Greeny, me, Pat, and also the program with Seren Petro from 4 to 6. Speaking of, Seren. And our very own Jack Johnson down in Surprise right now. Getting a little uh, spring training audio action. And we'll be sending that your way all this week, too. So exclusive audio from spring training, courtesy of ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. But ESPNWichita.com is how you can stream the show and how you can listen to things that you missed. We got every word we utter is on the podcast, and that page is ESPNWichita.com. Just scroll around, click around, you'll find it. 92.3 FM on your radio. Tune in, Spotify, all kinds of opportunities to re-listen to a show on your telephone. Follow us on X, be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It's February 20th. It's the 51st day of the week, the year, 315 days left in 2024. And we are headed for a high today in Wichita of 68 degrees. It is supposed to be a glorious week weather-wise here in Tawtown. So enjoy if you can. All right. We'll lay out the show for you here in a second. But before we do, our producers on this show, be it Jack or Kyle or whoever, will provide a moment of levity. All right, Kyle, lay it on us. And when you do, I have a counter moment of levity for you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, I better start off strong then. Well, I don't know. That remains to be seen. <laughs> so, Shane, I'm sure you're familiar with Rob Manfred's uh, announcement last week that after his term is up in January of 29, uh, he'll be retiring as commissioner of baseball. And, you know, that gives his coworkers plenty of time for a retirement gift. Uh, if I was his coworker, 
my idea would be a hunk of metal to commemorate his time as MLB commissioner. A hunk of metal? Go on. I think the joke went over you, Shane. I know it did. Explain it to me. I don't, I don't mind uh, admitting when I miss one. Hunk of metal. So, uh, after the Astros cheating scandal, uh, Rob Manfred, you know, he decided that people were way too up in arms about uh, the Astros winning their World Series trophy, which he called a hunk of metal. Ah, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. That statement, it, it's, it has stuck with me, and I'm, I'm a little bit bitter about it, if you can tell. Okay, that's fair. All right, and I appreciate you uh, patronizing me because I didn't get the joke <laughs> to begin with. Who do you think is his right-hand person? Oh, you see, you have a special assistant to the commissioner. You think there's somebody like that that's one of his cronies, one of his boys? I, I believe Theo Epstein is in the MLB Is he in the commissioner's office I now? believe so. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what has five toes but isn't your foot, Kyle? <laughs> um, that one's going over my head. My foot. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was too easy and i missed all it. all right yes 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 okay so today it is february 20th and uh here in about i don't know 40 minutes or so we'll revisit this but today is national cherry pie day and that uh inspired the twitter slash x question has to do with fruit pies so head on over there and vote and repost um, but today is National Cherry Pie Day. Every February 20, we celebrate that. It's also National Muffin Day. And for about five seconds, I, considering, I considered making a muffin Twitter question. But it's pretty much blueberry and then the field. Wouldn't you say, Kyle? Like, there's I'm, no, you can't come up with four different muffins and not have blueberry kill everybody, yeah, right? I'm right. I'm right there with you. Yeah, brand muffin maybe. Uh, I, I don't even know if I could name two other muffins. I don't think uh, I can either. Two four seven zero nine two three. If there's some other muffin besides brand and blueberry, but today's National Muffin Day, National Cherry Pie Day, National Comfy Day. This allows you to get comfortable and relax. So do that. Uh, <laughs> lemon poppy muffin. A texter said, okay, okay. Uh, National Leadership Day. National Love Your Pet Day. Kyle, you have a pet? If so, what is it? I do. He's a two-year-old yellow lab. All right. Well, don't forget to uh, love on your two-year-old yellow lab even more than normal because it's Love Your Pet Day. So it's mandated. Uh, banana walnut, somebody said. Banana walnut muffin. <sighs> We're going to have to have a muffin? Twitter question now? Because I got four. But I still feel like Blueberry would run away with it. Oh, chocolate chip muffins, too, of course. Yeah. All right. Thank you, texters. Keep those texts coming, too. 316-247-0923. Today, in celebrated history, 1792, George Washington signs the Postal Service Act, formally creating the United States Postal Service. 1792 on this day. 1872, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City opened to the public, found by Easton, uh, Eastman Johnson, John Taylor Johnston, Howard Potter, and George Putnam, the largest art museum in the United States. 
1943, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League was established by Chicago Cubs owner Philip Wrigley of Wrigley Stadium fame, or Wrigley Field fame, and the gum, Wrigley's gum fame. His attorney, whose name is Paul Harper, and Branch Rickey established the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Kyle, can you tell me any of the original teams in that league that was uh, made famous in a league of their own? <laughs> I cannot, no. No? No. Have you seen a league of their own? I have not. Oh, boy. Do you know what it's about and who's in it? Are you at least familiar with it? Uh, I don't know who's in it, but I- I'm somewhat familiar with it. I- I would, I've heard Tom, of it. I- Tom I- I Hanks. Say that. Tom Hanks. Um, Gina Davis. Anyway. Oh, man. Well, that if Tom Hanks flat. is in it, I-, I have to check it out now. You do have to check it out. Yeah, you've already been banned from the show. See that text? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and then a texter uh, says kids these days. I agree. Sheesh. All right, anyway. Of the original teams in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, the Racine Bells, the South Bend Blue Sox, the Kenosha Comets, and the Rockford Peaches. And this was in 1943. Birthdays. Enzo Ferrari founded the Scuderia Ferrari in 1929, racing division. So of car fame, Enzo Ferrari. Ansel Adams, 1902, landscape photographer. Sidney Poitier, 1927, Academy Award-winning actor. And one super-duper famous athlete that I'll quiz Kyle on about an hour from an uh, hour and a half from now. All right, there you go. There's uh, there's February 20 for you. Coming up here on the show, in just a second, we will revisit, unfortunately for Wildcat fans, that K-State lost to Texas last night in Austin where neither team could buy a bucket. It was, uh, depending on your view, either a highly competitive game against two equally matched teams or not. Hard to watch one way or the other. We'll discuss. We got some Royals audio from Surprise coming up at 1225. We'll hear from owner John Sherman. He spoke to the media the other day. Uh, we'll hear a couple, about three or four questions kicked off by MLB.com's own Annie Rogers, but uh, fielded some other questions. And I thought within the first, I don't know, two or three minutes of that interview and that audio we're going to hear, he was very frank and very forthcoming about the team and the product they put on the field last year. So stick around for that coming up in the second segment. Uh, The uh, fruit pie Twitter question comes your way in the 1245 segment. And we'll also have some updates about WSU softball They've added a couple of dates. We'll tell you against who and when. And also, baseball has a gigantic weekend uh, tournament starting on Friday down in Jacksonville, Florida. We'll tell you about that 
as well. That comes your way in the Twitter portion of the show, about uh, about 40 minutes from now or so. And then, 1 o'clock, we'll talk to Jordan Foote, and we'll talk about the upcoming free agents for the Chiefs, and we'll prioritize between he and I. We'll figure out who the Chiefs really need to re-sign or extend uh, maybe a franchise tag to in one person's case, and who they need to let walk. So we'll talk about that at 1 o'clock. We have uh, two athletes that got their numbers retired recently, and we'll tell you who those two athletes are coming up in the 125 segment. Then I'm old Kyle's young, 140 or so, February 20 edition. And then Pat will be here by then, and we'll see what he's up to and get you ready for the pulse from 2 to 4. Mixed in here, we've got uh, a pair of tickets to the Tulsa-Wichita State basketball game Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. So be listening for my prompt, uh, prompt for you to call. And we'll give you some freebies to go watch Golden Hurricane and the Shocks coming your way tomorrow night at 8. So we'll have those giveaways at some point during the show as well. And uh, speaking of Pat and the Pulse, I'll be listening to him for your opportunity to win some Kansas lottery tickets. We've given those away once again, cash blitz instant tickets. So check him out during his show for your opportunity to win 30 bucks worth of Kansas lottery tickets. So that, that's, uh, that's what's coming your way here in the next couple of hours. And, uh, again, you can be part of it, most notably on the text line, 316-247-0923. So last night in Austin, uh, K-State smarting after that close shave of a loss against TCU. Could not really get into gear offensively. The Cats couldn't against Texas. And they were never... It was, it was a weird game to follow, and for those that did, I think you would agree. They were never completely out of it, but it was hard to get a feeling that K-State was ever really going to get over the hump and take control of that game. Uh, in fact, neither team really did. Texas got up by 12, um, fairly late, actually, and that's when you thought, okay, K-State hung on for his – for as long as they could, bless their hearts, but now they're going to get sunk. But a 10-2 to run by K-State cut the deficit to four with 50 seconds left. And at that point, you're like, oh, okay, if you hung in that long, which I understand if you didn't because it, it was a tough watch, uh, at a four-point play mixed in there by Arthur Kaluma and buckets by Tyler Perry and Will McNair. But then couple of missed free throws by Texas gave the Cats a chance to close within one possession, but Perry missed a layup, and Texas got the rebound with 36, uh, 36 seconds left. Final score, Texas 62, K-State 56. And in the grand scheme of things, all after all the dust settled, it was the seventh loss in the last eight outings for K-State, including the third in a row since knocking off 
KU February 5th. It also continued K-State struggles on the road where they've lost six straight after starting the year with back-to-back road wins at LSU. Remember that? Seems like a long time ago. And West Virginia. Uh, Kaluma had 17 points but took a lot of shots to get them. Tyler Perry had 13. David Gasson had 12. Neither team had a good shooting night at all. I mean, they were both in the 30s. Both teams were in the 30s for the entire game, for the entirety of the game. And they combined to go 8 for 38 from 3. Texas ended up 36.2%. K-State 35.7. Low possession game. Texas only got 58 shots. K-State only got 56. And... Again, neither team could make a shot from deep. And it ends up as another loss for K-State on the road. Uh, ended with a little bit of a an ugly uh, exchange between Day-Day Ames and Chindle Weaver. He was the guy that missed two free throws that gave K-State a, a chance at the very end. But Day-Day was called for a uh, flag, uh, flagrant two, I believe. Um, and after the game, Jerome Tang kind of apologized on his behalf. But K-State's now 15-11, 5-8, the Big 12. They're now 3-8 away from home, including that 2-6 mark in true road games. They won their first two, and then they've lost their last six. But it was... Uh, it was a game that I thought, and you can look at it two ways. You, you can absolutely look at it two ways. That the Big 12, and this is a discussion we've had around around the studio here, between Chance and um, Pat and prior to him going to surprise Jack too, but it's either there's no great team in the Big 12 and everybody's just kind of jumbled together and is the same team, or it's so highly competitive and everybody plays with such desperation and urgency that every possession is like the last one of the game. Now, whatever whatever theory you subscribe to is up to you, and I'm sure it has to do with you know the beauty being in the eye of the beholder kind of thing, depending on your allegiance and which team you, you root for. But this was a, a game in which both teams were fighting for a little bit of traction in the Big 12 and still, I'm sure, holding out hope that whoever won this game could start on a good run down the stretch of the Big 12 season and jockey for position for an at-large bid. And when you look at it through that lens, both teams were in this, are in the same boat. They're both desperate. And Texas came out on top and what could be viewed otherwise, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, as just a rock fight. Just uh, uh, two teams that were throwing up bricks all night. And it was basically the first team to 60 wins. And that's pretty much what, it ha- what, what happened. I think, and I think if you would have told K-State fans before the game that Max Acemas would only have eight points for Texas – you'd feel like you're in a really good place. But K-State couldn't throw it in the ocean either. 
and in the end had to foul and otherwise, and Jerome uh, Tang pointed that out, and, you know, depending on how you feel about Jerome Tang, he's right. They only had 55 points, period, until K-State had to foul at the end to try to lengthen the game, try to, you know, make up a little ground. But when you hold the team to 55 points on the road, that effort, he pointed out, uh, was worthy of a win. And I think you have to acknowledge that if you're K-State. But if you're a K-State fan, you're probably also getting tired of coming up just short in losses, especially on the road. And on the heels of that gut-wrenching loss against TCU a few days prior, this one this one continues uh, K-State going in the wrong direction. But up next, K-State will be in action on Saturday afternoon. They'll host BYU, who is not exactly an easy out either. BYU, consequently, uh, hosts Baylor tonight in Provo in a battle of ranked teams. Um, and BYU, in spite of being ranked a little lower than Baylor by quite a bit, quite a bit BYU is actually the betting favorite in that one. I'm kind of looking forward to watching that game. That's at 8 o'clock tonight, I think. Uh, BYU and Baylor. But anyway, up next, 4K State will be Saturday at Bramlage. Uh, BYU coming to Bramlage for the first time. That'll be at 1 o'clock on Saturday. BYU going in that game tonight is 18-8, 6-6 in the Big 12. So they are right on the doorstep of being able to say that they've got an at-large worthy resume as well. All right, we are off and running. 316-247-0923 here on a Tuesday. Shane and Kyle with you. A texter says, not that I only listen for freebies, but no monster truck ticks to give away this week. My boy turns three this weekend and likes big trucks. End of text. Uh, Texter, let me see what I can do. And I will, uh, I'll see if we have any access to said tickets we get a lot of freebies we get a lot of uh get a lot of giveaways um and on air is usually when we give them away but i will i will look into that for you texter and for your three-year-old boy when it comes to the monster trucks i will say this texter that coming up on thursday we will have uh, a conversation with one of the monster jam drivers so we got him booked at around 1225 on Thursday. So at the very least, we got a Monster Jam interview for you. Uh, I'll check about availability of tickets if we have any of those. All right. Can't make any promises, but I'll see what I can do for you because we love our listeners and we love our texters. All right. It's 1223. When we come back. We will let you in on some exclusive audio that our guys with boots on the ground and surprise have accumulated. John Sherman talked to a handful of our guys down there and also Annie Rogers from MLB.com, among others. But uh, we'll hear from John Sherman, the Royals owner. He spoke at length yesterday. We'll hear from him 
coming up in just a little bit on the other side of this break. Also later on, speaking of freebies, we'll have a couple of Tulsa-Wichita State tickets to give away, so be listening for that. Uh, Those two teams square off at the Roundhouse at 8 o'clock tomorrow. And then Jordan Foote coming your way 36 minutes from now. We'll talk pending Chiefs free agents, et cetera, et cetera. And that'll take us into hour number two. When we come back, we'll hear from the head man for the Royals. John Sherman spoke. We'll hear what he had to say coming up next. It's 1224. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Rihanna, uh-huh. 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 Happy birthday, Rihanna. She's 36. Rihanna, if you're streaming the show, happy birthday. It's uh, 1228. And we talked to Jack Johnson yesterday. He was at Surprise, still is. We'll hear from him and hear some of the fruits of his labor all week. As we bring you some Royals audio from Surprise, Arizona, all week long. And you heard the promo from Seren. Our boys are down there until at least Wednesday with the very latest from Matt Quatrero. We'll hear from John Sherman here in just a second. But Jack's also talked to Michael Garcia, Nick Lofton, Tyler Gentry. This was within the last day or so. Uh, Prior to that, he had a conversation with Carter Jensen, Matt Sauer, James MacArthur, on and on and on. So he talked to quite a few guys, and uh, we'll let you uh, hear those interviews as we go throughout the week, as we ramp up toward uh, spring training games. And speaking of, that schedule has been released by the Royals. Uh, it was a little bit earlier today. Uh, Annie Rogers floated it out there. So did the Royals um, Twitter feed at, at Royals. The first game will be Friday. They are playing the Rangers on Friday and Saturday, but their first actual um, spring training game will be against the Texas Rangers Friday and then Saturday and Sunday they play the Angels and pretty much every day thereafter we got uh, we got spring training baseball we got actual games as the teams continue to have full uh, full squad workouts live BP all that good stuff so sights and sounds from Surprise Arizona courtesy of our own Jack Johnson Saran and the guys from Kansas City that are all down there covering the Royals from Surprise. Exclusive reports and audio that you get nowhere else except for ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, uh, Kyle, let's fire up some uh, John Sherman audio. As I alluded to about 20 minutes ago, he was really frank, I thought, especially early in this um, interview or uh, session, I guess. He was really frank about uh, the product the Royals put on the field for J.J. Piccolo and uh, Matt Quattrero in year one of those guys' tenure. Uh, but it's an interesting listen, and uh, here's what it sounded like yesterday. John Sherman talking to Annie Rogers from MLB.com, among other media members that are down there uh, in Surprise. 
Do you want to talk first or you want to I'm, I'm just excited to be here as always. It's kind of an easy thing to talk about, right? First day, a lot of hope. Uh, time will tell, but pretty excited about the new faces and kind of the, you know, combined with our promising young core, we'll kind of see where we are. But excited about the work that JJ and the front office has done, certainly in the offseason. What do you hope the message is this spring to, to all your players, both the newcomers and the to guys the players? Yeah. You know, I think we just heard it in the clubhouse. I think um, I think Q had a really good message for him, right? That this is uh, we care about all of them individually. Uh, we want to do all we can to help them get better. Uh, but the but the commitment is to the team and to the community and to the city and and uh, that's what we're committed to doing to, to try to do something special and excite our fans. How different do you do you feel about the team this spring versus maybe last year? Wow, um, you know, last year was um, I think it was hard to tell last year, right? I, I mean, it was there was the excitement with a new manager and some new people, but you know, I, I would have to say that you know I put I put JJ and Q in a tough position last year. You know, we, we we made some changes we thought were necessary. Uh, we went with our young guys and and. Uh, and we certainly learned that there was there's more development to be had, which is why we made the. You know, we'd love to be able to uh, build a team um, without, uh, you know, spending a lot of time in free agency. But you know, the, until we got to get the farm system ready and build that whole continuum and, and whole pipeline. So we, you know, we're we're committing committed to put a winning team on the field. And if they're if they're coming up through the system, that's great. If we've got to supplement them from the outside, but it doesn't take away from the fact that we're committed. There's also a lot of work being done right now on the on the front of the pipeline, you know, in development. We've added a lot of people, a lot of uh, development people in our system, and so you know that commitment's still there. But we needed to really supplement to to be, to be competitive, or at least have the hope of of. Uh, you know, asserting ourselves this year. We had to go to the open market. Was there a moment this offseason where you decided this is the right time to kind of go, I'm not saying all in, but, you know, open up the, the pocketbook a little bit more and get some good guys in? Well, we had a we had some organizational meetings here in October, right after the season was was done. I spent some time with JJ and Q right after the season, and I would say that it kind of developed. And JJ had some very specific goals, and he's I know he shared them with you, right? The rotation, the bullpen, some bats, um, and you know. Um, there's a cost to all of that. You don't always get everything in your wish list, but I really feel like he uh, got a lot accomplished. Uh, and then, of course, uh, this isn't new, a new addition, but I think locking up uh, Bobby Witt Jr. for the bulk of his career, that's also a big part of uh, you know the commitment of this offseason as well. He, he was going to be here anyway. That didn't necessarily change, but knowing that we have him, is uh, is very exciting for the club. And what's your message to the fan base? You know, knowing that you guys are trying to get a new stadium built, but you got a team that's right here in the current right now that's potentially looking to win the central. Well, I think I think uh, I think I hope the fans know that we're committed every day to try to make our team better now and in the future, and that's really what the focus is, and that's certainly what it was uh, this offseason. You know, the most recent trade with with Schreiber, I think that was an interesting deal. Uh, JJ, want you know, building depth in the bullpen. I think uh, 
you know, you get, we got to throw strikes. We have to uh, stay in games, and we need to close out games. Right? We're, I think we're going to score some runs. Think about the things that I've heard them emphasize. Uh, Pitching, defense, smart base running, situational hitting on the field. And on the mental side of it, it's being smart, being aggressive, being fearless. Right? And that, uh, and I think that's another thing that we talked about is, look, look, we shouldn't be afraid of risk. We have to embrace risk. But but being fear, fearless, and it doesn't mean you don't make, you know, data or probability-based decisions, right? You do. But if we're afraid to fail, we're probably destined to fail. So that, that's more the mental side of it. And I heard, I heard that inside there, and certainly heard it in the offseason as well. Uh, you mentioned the checklist, John. Uh, you don't always get everything you want, but when Q and and uh, JJ met with us at the end of last year, the list he laid out, he did check everyone on it. I mean, you know, how close did you get? I'm, yeah, I know you're privy to a lot more than we are, but. From a, from the outside, it seemed like he he did get everything you wanted. You know, I think so. He's but he's not. He'll always look for ways, and we will always look for ways to get better incrementally, right? Because we're going to need depth. We, you know, we got to make sure we stay healthy. But yeah, I, w- I would say that he accomplished pretty much what he set out to. And it was interesting. Um, well, and this has been talked about a little bit, but in that flurry there before the holidays or whenever it was. Um, you know, we'd signed Lugo, and you know they had talked to Waka, and I think, I think uh, that they thought we'd kind of moved on, and and so you know Waka kind of reignited those conversations, and we had other ways to think about adding to the rotation, but that was a great example of JJ and I just staying in very close touch here, and I think the one thing about the deals, right? We've helped our team. But it's all relatively, you know. We also we got to develop our young core. We got to we got to continue to build. But it's relatively short term. A lot of veterans in the clubhouse that will help our young guys. But we've maintained our payroll flexibility. If you think a couple years out, and it's part of that was making sure that we had the confidence to to sign Bobby, which we did, but also to to continue to add to this team as you think about, you know, 26, 27, 28. I mean, you know, we're thinking long term as well. You mentioned, you know, improving the system and everything, but the big league club is where people in Kansas City go to watch, right? right and they right. see it. So how important is it to maintain, to not bottom out, you know, to not, you know, I mean, is, is the plan to be consistently competitive all the time or is it to pick a window and say, hey, this is our shot. You know, we're going to maybe spend above our comfort level, but because we know eventually we'll have to pull back and go through it. Or do you do you think you can sustain constant, you know, great, competitive nature? Great question, and we, you, we talk about it all the time, right? And you think about baseball, right? We have this system where a lot of the small market teams, they, you know, they, they go into a kind of a difficult rebuild like we've been in and you alienate your fans or you, you know, and so it's really important that we keep our fans engaged, right? And so love to be able to kind of, uh, but I, but I think the model of, yeah, I think every once in a while you have to kind of reinvest and retrench, but I think we want to take out the, the dips, right? There's got to be a way to, so that our fans every year, they have hope when they show up in April, they show up out here, they have hope that we're going to be able to do something special, you know, later in the summer and maybe even in October. Uh, if I could ask you a baseball, just general question, since I got you here, uh, you're on the committee for relocation. The A's were approved right. to go to Vegas, so they seem to be kind of in neutral, you know, having just been down there for the Super Bowl and everything. Mayor's not really on board. It didn't sound like she backtracked a little bit from what she said. The A's are now negotiating an extension or said to want an extension, at least that's what I've read. 
you help us out on where maybe the concerns would be on the A's being in limbo? I think, um, you know, I was on that relocation committee. I would tell you it was an interesting experience. I learned a lot, you know, just looking at the history of that whole 15 years. It's a cautionary tale and certainly learned a lot when I think about our process right in Kansas City. You know, if I, I may have missed something on the. I know there's some things going on, but I think, uh, you know, I think the A's are looking, looking for. They're trying to figure out where they're going to play between now and 2028, right? I think that's where their focus is. So maybe the extension. I think. I don't I, know. It is what it, yeah, I know, didn't. I wasn't trying to misrepresent, but yeah, it's to where they'll play. They don't have a place to play right now between them, but they also don't have a stadium deal. They're further behind where you are on your deal in Kansas City. They don't. They, they've hit a real snag there. It seems like. Yeah, I, I would. I, I think I'd leave it up to John Fisher and the commissioner to be specific on that. But my my, my expectation is that you know that's it, we don't like to move these franchises. I mean, it's very uh, just coincidentally. Uh, there was it was a three-person committee, and it was me and John Middleton of the Phillies. So we were two of the cities that the A's actually left. Right. right. I don't think we've had a ro- relocation since this one since. 72, maybe when the Rangers went to, or the Senators. I think I'm right about that. Yeah, and they, you know, so we don't like to do it. And uh, so I think you know we take it very seriously. But I think I think that'll happen. But I'm I'm not, I, I have to say I'm not up to okay up yeah. to the minute and what's going on in Oakland. I do know that the the mayor of uh, Las Vegas said some things, and I thought walked him back. She I'm, did. I'm not up to speed on all she that. Did. She did. <laughs> and on yours uh, situation, you feel good where you're at? Do you, you know, we, we saw your plans. We got to see, you know, uh, you look pretty impressive. You happy with the presentation? Or are you getting good feedback on, on what you guys put out there? Well, I, I, we feel good about it, Saran. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of – one of the things that uh, – uh, just because the way that the process went, I don't want to get into the sausage making completely here, but between the, the way we had to get through the Jackson County legislature with the veto over, I, you know, the, we were pushed back quite a, quite a bit. And then, you know, of course, the Crossroads site, we, we're very excited about that site. But, but I would say that one of the unfortunate things is that, uh, you know, this news was kind of sudden to some of the folks in the crossroads. So we're in the the process right now, sitting down with people that are affected by this and make sure they understand that we're there to kind of help the transition and that type of thing. So so I feel really good about the the vote and about the election, but also sensitive to some parts of the community that we're trying to spend some time. And by that, you mean you'd like to not be using eminent domain and and that kind of thing? Still optimistic that won't be necessary? Yeah, we we expect to uh, negotiate or to come to agreement with all the property and we're meeting we've been meeting with property owners and meeting with them today meeting with them tomorrow and 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 so i think we've got a pretty good handle on that but there is there certainly is uh you know like what i just said when because of the suddenness of the in some cases we're just trying to listen and have empathy and try to help them uh in their transition and i know they were when you say it was sudden you mean they were caught off guard in the the announcement yeah i think so we really couldn't say a lot before the uh and uh, so I have, I have empathy for that, but I think uh, just trying to spend some time with them and, and, and make sure everyone knows that we want to be helpful and that, you know, we think this is really a great thing for Kansas City, for the community, and you know, we love that location. Uh, and I know more and more, and you talked about this when the original conversation was had, you know, revenue generators around the ballpark was a big part of what this project right. was, right? right? Do you still have the same kind? I know it looks to me just outside, you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it looks like maybe there was a compromise to, 
you know, make sure the P&L is incorporated in the process as opposed to building new? Do you, do you still have the same kind of revenue engines around it that you thought you were going to have with this new site, or did you, know, you have to give some of that up? You know, it is tighter, right? but I think in that area, there's there's a lot. We are, we are helping. Uh, I think that that location helps us ignite some already existing city assets i think i think we can help activate power and light more and you know make sure that's more uh productive in summer on summer nights but but if you look at the i mean we plan on you know we still have the same plan for office residential hotel so i I think the revenue opportunities will be will be there and then certainly over time we'd look for ways to expand outside of that you know again if uh if the neighborhood uh, was open to it, and you know, so so no, I really feel it. The other thing, I I really like the, uh, I mean, the real estate there. I think is uh, is I think it's just a special place when you think about taking advantage of all the existing energy already. Where are you at in terms with the uh, the community benefit agreement that you guys were still working on in right. in that process? Yeah, we're working on that as we speak. I had a couple of phone calls and emails on it this morning. I think we committed. Uh, I know we committed to have a couple things right in the in the letter of intent with the county to uh, pick our site. We've done that to finalize a lease agreement, and that's being worked on very diligently. And then we are meeting with the various groups in the community to try to come to a, a, a community benefits agreement, which I, I would anticipate. Uh, I, I don't have that. I don't remember that exact date that we committed to, but we'll, we'll get all that done well in advance of the vote. So, so you're saying you plan you anticipate having that done before April 2nd? Yes. Basically. Yes. Uh, I think I know the answer on this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you, when we get the Chiefs plan, get, get some more details on the Chiefs. Do you have a feel for when that that's all part of the equation? It seemed like everyone yeah, was coming. looking to you guys, like, hey, when are we going to no, no, see it? Coming. Now it's all out there. They're we seem coming. to be waiting I think, on them. I think the uh, I think the events at the end of the parade last week kind of delayed that a little bit, but we'll see. You'll see that's that's coming shortly. I, uh, I know we're guys are talking to Mark Donovan today, so they want to get that out there and, and make sure the fans know what their plans are as well. John, after uh, locking up Bobby, do you look at any other players that you'd like to have extension talks? It's not getting into specifics, but is that something that you'd be interested in doing with your homegrown core? Yeah, I think so. If the if the time is right, you might want to ask JJ that question more. Maybe it. Uh, I'll kind of follow their lead on that, uh, but I. Uh, yeah, I think if, again, Bobby was a special, I think a very special player, right, with the things that he did last year. Um, and we locked, and we got him. It was an interesting contract. We could have him for 14 years. We guaranteed him 11. We know we have him at least a, a, a very productive part of his career. And so that was important to us. But, yeah, there's a couple, couple of developing. You know, it has to be, the timing has to be right. And Bobby, the timing was, I thought the timing was right this offseason. You know, he could have waited until the year before he entered arbitration, but I just think I just think his trajectory is such that this was a year to do it and was happy that, you know, we we're able to come to that agreement. But yeah, there's a couple other guys that I think JJ but again, timing has to be right. Maybe they need a little more time to a little bit more of a sample size to for us to make sure we're comfortable. But yeah, definitely. If I may, um, you say you're going to meet with several of the businesses in the Crossroads area where you want to put your new stadium. Yeah. What do you say if there's like pushback or they're like really trying to preserve that space that they've called home for so many years? You know, for the most part, I think, um, you know, we're not really hearing something I would say as direct as that. But for the most part, I think they want to they want to be heard. They want to understand what 
what our objectives are and our commitment to how we fit into the neighborhood and are supportive of the neighborhood as well. You know, there's 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 a couple there's owners and there are tenants of, of buildings and there's some people that uh, I mean it's, there's some challenges. Like I said, I wish we could have been more. I uh, wish we could have been out there early with the. And I have great empathy for people whose businesses are going to be disruptive, and we want to be, we want to work with their landlords and the owners to try to help them through that transition. And last for me, do you have any potential campaigning that you might be wanting to do? Because early voting, I know, is going to be in earnest on the 20th, which is tomorrow, but um, moving up to that vote tomorrow. Me personally? Yeah, I mean, I plan to be out in the community, but the campaign team's meeting every day. Uh, we're meeting with the chiefs, and so we want to get both teams kind of amped up. And, you know, it's, a, it's the campaign has a couple of facets. It's there's certainly, um, you know, the core in City, Missouri. The, there's Eastern Jackson County, which has a little bit different of a calculus, and we want to make sure we get to all those areas. Great, great. Thank, Thank you, John. Appreciate, Thank you. appreciate it. All right, there's some audio from John Sherman yesterday with our very own Seren Petro and Jack's down there. We'll hear more from Jack uh, directly here in the next couple of hours, I have a feeling. It's certainly tomorrow as well before he heads back to Kansas City. Some Royals audio for you there. All right, coming up next, we need to get to the Twitter question. It has to do with fruit pies because cherry. it's National Cherry Pie Day today. Is that the most popular fruit pie? We'll find out. We'll also give away some uh, basketball tickets coming up in the next segment as well, so be listening closely for that. And we're only 11 minutes away from Jordan Foote talking Chiefs free agents. All that coming up, but up next, X slash Twitter. It's 1249. No, it's not Kenny Loggins' birthday. But the guy who wrote this song was born on this day. He's no longer with us. The greatness of Tom Whitlock. He wrote Danger Zone. R.I.P. Born on this day, no longer with us. Writer of this song. All right. Uh, 12.52. A couple things to get to here. Uh, before we get to the Twitter question on National Cherry Pie Day, uh, if you want to go to the Tulsa-Wichita State basketball game tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, call Kyle. Be caller number 2, 316-669-4996. pair of tickets to go see Tulsa and Wichita State renew their rivalry tomorrow night at the Roundhouse. It's an 8 o'clock start. If you can go, be caller number 2. Got a pair of tickets for you, 316-669-4996. Good luck. Coming up in about seven minutes from now, we got Jordan Foote. Deputy editor at Arrowhead Report. We got a lot of potential Chiefs free agents. We need to sift through and find out who KC needs to keep, who they need to uh, let walk, maybe who they need to trade for. Who knows? Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we've got some news on the WSU softball front. A couple of games have been added since they've had, I think, at least three uh, games washed out. Actually, probably more than that dating back to their opening weekend. But they got a couple makeup games that they've scheduled. We'll tell you who and where. And baseball's got a huge series, uh, a, actually an invitational, against three different teams down in Jacksonville. We'll tell you about that in a second. But first, with a nod to National Cherry Pie Day, what's your go-to fruit pie? At ESPN Wichita is where you can go vote and repost. Your options are 
cherry pie, apple pie, peach pie, or any of blueberry, strawberry, or blackberry pie. So in, in, in essence, any, black, any berry pie is your fourth option after cherry, apple, and peach. We'll let you know the results here in a second. But first, the aforementioned uh, softball team, Christy Breadbenner's bunch, tried to make up for the weather here in the early going. And with that in mind, they have added a pair of midweek games to the schedule, including a home game versus Iowa next Wednesday. That'll be at 1 o'clock at Wilkins Stadium. Additionally, the Shockers will go to Commerce, Texas on April 24th and take on Texas A&M Commerce at 2 o'clock before they head to North Texas for a weekend series inside the Americans. So uh, Wednesday, the 28th, will further uh, accentuate WSU Sports Equinox because with that addition of Iowa coming to Wilkins at 1 o'clock, that will mean the softball team plays at 1, the baseball team plays at Oral Roberts that day, the men's basketball team are in Birmingham to take on UAB that night, and women's basketball is at home to take on SMU that night. So four shocker sporting events happening within the span of about six hours with the addition of the Iowa game uh, added to the softball schedule. Told you about the baseball team and their huge series. Uh, I keep saying series. It's not a series. It's an invitational uh, in Jacksonville. It's the College Baseball Classic. Shocker Baseball on Friday at 1 o'clock Central Time will take on nationally ranked Virginia. Then on Saturday, they'll take on Auburn out of the SEC. And then Sunday, they'll take on nationally ranked Iowa down in Jacksonville. So uh, Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa await Wichita State's baseball team uh, coming up this weekend. So a weekend after the Shocks took two out of three from Little Rock, as good as Little Rock is expected to be, a uh, big-time step-up in competition as they go down to Jacksonville to take on two nationally-ranked teams and a team out of the SEC. All right, it's 12.57, hour one down, one to go. And we'll kick it off when we come back with Jordan Foote, Deputy Editor at Arrowhead Report. Got some free agents to sift through, and we'll do that when we come back next.